Listener Production. Welcome along to Footy Tour. Liam Flanagan and a three-time Premiership star, Brownlow medalist. There isn't much he didn't achieve in the game of AFL alongside me here. Simon Black, how are you, Blackie? G'day, Flanners. I'm well, mate. How are you? Yeah, flying here on Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. Now, let's let's look at the weekend that we've just enjoyed, or the part of the weekend, the start of round one. We're in the middle of it now. Uh, you and I were part of the call team for Saturday night on the coast, Heritage Bank Stadium. You had a Sydney Swans team coming off uh, a pantsing in the grand final last year to the Geelong Cats with a point to prove against the Gold Coast Suns outfit heading into their 12th season, still yet to feature in the finals. And it was the Swans who just were dominant from the get-go. Yeah, it sure was. When they, they came out, flexed their muscles from the first quarter, won every quarter tonight, dominated the tackle count, the contested possession count early for the last, well, three quarters of, of the game. Uh, just flex their muscle. Beautiful pressure on the balls. A very warm, dewy, slippery night out here tonight with this uh, this game on the Gold Coast. But the, they handled the conditions better and gave the Suns real, a real lesson on what it's going to take to play finals footy. Obviously, the Sun, Swans are a quality side. Grand final team, obviously, last year. They just gave the Suns a bit of a lesson. A couple of talking points from the game. Uh, Buddy Franklin, we know this is his final year in the game. And, and this, is a, this is a guy who, when he finally hangs up the boots... We will talk about him in the same vein that we do today about Tony Lockett and Jason Dunstall and Gary Ablett Sr. He is just the fifth player ever to kick a 1,000 goals. What he has achieved in the game, he, he might become the first player ever to kick 500 goals for two separate clubs. Not even Plugger did that. He's I think after tonight he's 31 goals shy of that mark. Uh, he was motivated tonight and up and about and running around but late in that game, there was an incident involving Sam Collins, his immediate opponent for most of the night, where he, he clipped him. He clipped him. Yeah. He ran past the footy and clipped him high. He did. Uh, a bit of frustration. He started the game. He was the best player on the, gr- on the, on the ground in the first quarter for more, kicking two goals and set up another, another couple. He was brilliant. Uh, but then things dried up for him and a bit of frustration crept in. And I guess that's, that can happen with age. You know, that can certainly happen with a, with a lot of players with age. And so for, for him, I guess, you know, firstly, his body's just got to be sound. How regularly he plays this year, whether he plays for a month, has a week off, whatever it is. But he's got to obviously be fit and fresh and hungry. You know, you know his finish line's at the end is, is within, not within sight yet, but it's his last year, as, as you yeah. say. Um, he still looks good. He's moving well. Um, he didn't get too many looks. Uh, to me, tonight was a, it was a round one. It was a round one, clunky, high turnover, wet, dewy footy. Very difficult for key forwards tonight, I must say. But um, look, in terms of his fitness and ability to come at the ball, he, he looked uh, fine. Probably took a, uh, dropped a couple of marks he could have taken. So he could have left tonight with four or five goals. But for mine, I thought he stayed at the start of the, the, you know, the, the season okay. Not, not blistering, but um, he looks pretty good. End result was the Swans winning by 49 points, 110 to 61. A good, strong um, percentage-boosting win to start the season for the Sydney Swans. Quickly on the other side of things for the Gold Coast Suns, not what Stewie Jew would have been after, particularly at home, playing in front of what for the Suns is a strong crowd of about 13,500. Yeah, and very disappointing for the Suns. They would have had high expectations tonight, probably trying to trying to get a hold of the Swans coming off that bad loss last year, but they just didn't just didn't bring, bring the vigour, didn't bring the... The, the, the mechanism with their ball movement either. Um, and, and Ben King looked like... A, it was great to see him back, 
this is a hugely talented forward him and his brother Max and and the other those you know Char- Charlie Kerno and the the Ben Mackay and these are the types of big tall forwards that we love seeing play the game. Great to see him back, but he looked like a bloke who'd missed a year of foot. He did, and last year was just Mario Chow and uh, Big Levi up there. Now the three tours are up there. They looked a bit clunky tonight, so it's going to take a little bit of bit of time to get some synergy and cohesion together. And whether they continue with three tours, well, time will tell. But yeah, they didn't look great tonight. I mean, they had the three marks inside 50 as a team uh, tonight. Sydney had 13, so definitely some cohesion improvement needed. Um, but, you know, we can't expect too much, obviously, from Ben King. He, we know he's a wonderful athlete. They start using the ball Middle, through the middle of the ground with a bit of time and space. He's a natural come at the kicker. He's got a lovely set of hands, can mark on, on top of someone's head as well. Um, it'll come. It's going to be a little bit patient. To borrow a racing parlance, he'll be better for the run. Certainly. Uh, quickly, let's also touch on, before we have a break, let's touch on the Kangaroos-Eagles game. Now, a lot of people, not me, Simon Black, some people, have said that this is the battle for the wooden spoon in round one. There's, these two teams uh, have underperformed, particularly last season, and for the Kangaroos for a bit longer than that. Uh, but the Roos hold on and just eke out that five-point win. Alastair Clarkson, new reign. Uh, it, it would breed some good feelings at Arden Street. Yeah, absolutely. Clarkson's first game in charge. I, I was very impressed the way they hang, hung on there today. The West Coast came and, geez, what about Sheasel? What about his what about his So debut? let's talk about Harry Sheasel and to borrow a, uh, a quote from our man Richard Champion. Holy sheasel. Uh, 34 disposals in your first game of footy. Do you remember how many touches you had in your first game? <laughs> not, not, not a quarter of that. Not 34. <laughs> no way. But, I mean, that was superb, wasn't he? He looks a, a ready-made AFL player on debut. I'm not sure whether that sits whether that sits in terms of all time for a debut. 1991, I believe, was the last time a um, first game had that many touches. Well, there you go. There you go. So, look, impressive. Look, a win is a win, regardless of how it comes. And I think for Clarkson, who is fundamentally trying to change the culture at that joint, um, the win. On the other side of it, back in your home state, Western Australia, the West Coast Eagles, it's it's the biggest financially most stable club in the competition. And yet this is an unknown, you know, lean patch. It is. It's... um you know, probably in the history as a club, it's probably now become their leanest patch. Um, they've always seemed to bounce back a little bit like the Sydney Swans, always find a way to, you know, not be not bottom out for too long. Um, so, yeah, they've got a bit of work to do. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, they're young talent. They need them to come on. Um, need their best players up and playing well. Um, had obviously a lot of injury issues last year and, and then a bit of luck in that area. But, yeah, not the start they wanted, and Adam Simpson has a lot of work to do with them. We should give a quick shout-out as well in that game. Nick Larkey, six, yeah. six bigs ones. The, the Drew Petrie 2.0. Uh, and then, obviously, Luke Davies-Uniak, another high draft pick. They've got these high draft picks on their list, but he had 32 disposals, 11 clearances. He and Jai Simpkin are these, are these very talented, high-potential players that Clarko will be hoping come on under his tutelage and actually start to deliver on their potential. And it looks as though Davies Uniac started that process tonight. Yeah, I think I'm a big fan of him. He's, he's, he's become a really good player. And obviously, Jai Simpkin has uh, for some time now. So you're right, those two need to be fit and, and, uh, and healthy and, and throw Seasel in there. Um, their future looks bright through the middle of the ground. All right, Blackie, we're going to take a quick break. We've got two other games we need to talk about. Uh, the Demons making a statement against the Dogs, a little bit of a grand final replay from over in Perth for them there. And Port, frankly embarrassing 
your mob, the Brisbane Lions, in a game that many had tipped the Lions for. Let's take a break. We'll talk about those games next. You're listening to Footy Talk. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Listener, please hit the like button, leave us a review, or rating new episodes every day at lunchtime. This is Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews, and analysis from the world of AFL. Footy Talk, it is a... Black, have you heard any of the other episodes? I mean, we've got some big names, you you being one of them. I'm just a passenger here. Uh, but we've got the likes of uh, Nick Rewald involved, Joey Montagna, Daisy Thomas, Abby Holmes as well. And then I get a Guernsey because someone needs to hold your hand through this conversation. You're a star, Flanners. Yeah, Good on you, mate. Hey, let's talk about the other results uh, from Saturday. I'm going to save Port Lions for last, the Tom Rockliffe Cup. I'm going to hold on to that one because I want to see your face when I talk about Port putting Lions to the sword. The Dees. It's a new look Dees outfit, mainly because Big Brody Grundy and his man bun have turned up in Dees colours. The, the Gorn-Grundy combo, when you, when you heard it was going to happen, when the trade got done, what did you think? Well, it obviously adds a, a layer of... Um of, of class big men um, puts, takes a bit of pressure off of Big Maxi Gorn um, and I, I think Grundy would be pretty determined uh, after these last 12 months at Collingwood I think there's no doubt he would be pretty determined to I remember Scott Prendlebury saying might have been 18 months ago two years ago so he thinks Grundy's the best player in the competition you know that doesn't seem that long ago mm. he said that um, and he was uh, he was on fire the big fella so change a new club a new environment uh, if he can remain fit and healthy uh, he, he is a, a very very quality high pl- mm. quality player so um, you know adds a, add another dimension to, 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 to the Melbourne uh, midfield and um, he can obviously go forward too as well so yeah, look, Melbourne, you know, off a bit last year, premiers before that. Um, they are obviously clearly looking for another exceptional year and um, fit and healthy. There's no reason why they can't finish right up there again. And um, I think that midfield of them, you know, obviously Oliver Petrarca, uh, Vine in there, Brayshaw. I mean, they've just got wonderful depth and the hunger levels after last year would have thought it'd be pretty strong. They kicked three goals between them, by the way, uh, Big Brody and Max. So it, it worked to some extent. Um, Cosy Pickett is going to have. A case to answer for. He's been reported for a high bump on Bailey Smith. On the other side of that coin, Luke Beveridge is is an as an impartial observer, hands down the coach I would least want to upset. He's terrifying, especially when he was rolling with the uh, the handlebar moustache. That's not there at the moment. But the Pythons haven't gotten any smaller. How would he be? What would he be saying to his charges as they prepare for round two? Uh, well, you know, you, you've got to move on quickly in this game, and I mean that tonight. That's a dis- that's a significant loss, uh, fifty points. No doubt about that. You, you just wouldn't have expected that going into the game. So, look for them. You know, they'll take away their, their um, you know, the the positives from it. I, I haven't seen much of the game. We're obviously preparing for the for the game here on the Gold Coast. But what I would say is that they've got they've added to their their, their list, and and early on they need to find that cohesion. Um, you know, obviously Bob's joined joined the squad. Um, they've got some some ins that are going to take a little bit of time to find that little bit of co- cohesion. Whether Brisbane's the same, whether they put an Ashcroft in the middle of the ground today, which I know you'll talk about surely, mm. is too early for too many minutes. You know, they need to find that bit of synergy and it can take time. And this is, I think, early in the game, early in the season. If uh, sometimes you can get you can get teams uh, on the hop a little bit. Whether mm. Port got Brisbane today, I wasn't expecting yeah. that, but... Well, let's talk about it. Uh, you know, I mean, it echoes of 2004 when Josh Carr and Kane Corns and Warren Treadray and put you to the sword on that last day in September. Today, it was the opening game of the season for both these teams. And after half time, inspired by their new recruit, Jason Horn Francis, 
just put the pedal down, port and left Brisbane in the rearview mirror. Yeah, midfield masterclass from Power today. <laughs> they uh, they dominated, absolutely dominated. Got the ball forward and and uh, and put a big score on Brisbane. So look, it's it's you know I, I think Ken Higley was probably the one who was going to come under the most pressure as a coach to for the first month, six weeks of the season. And They're in similar situations, aren't they, Fags and Hinkley? Both super talented lists that haven't made it to a grand final as yet. Yeah, and and Porter, you know, they've been a good side last year. They they haven't been the last no, couple of years. They've the slipped final, slipped out, but yeah, there's been a lot of expectation, and then then comes the pressure. And then obviously Kenny's been, um, you know, it's the start of the season. But if they started badly in the first month or six weeks, and you know, who knows? There's a bit of talk about what what is. Is what could be? What could be? Yeah. So, for for them, it's critical they started well. They look fresh, look hungry, um, and the defensive part of the game. They just didn't give Brisbane much of a look in today. That that's what similar tonight with the Swans performance against the Suns. The defensive part of the game that Port Adelaide had showed today. Brisbane's a very good attacking side, but Brisbane last year were tenth defensively. And you can't be a premiership side if you're 10th defensively. So that's an area for the Lions that they need to get far better at. Scores conceded they were 10th. So that's an area for Brisbane. But Port Adelaide back on them. Great, great signs. Impressive spread of goal scorers too. Todd Marshall had four. Charlie Dixon, three. Lockie Jones had three. Junior Rioli, three. Georgiades, Powell Pepper, Horn Francis, Ollie Wines, Connor Rosie. So they really spread that load uh, amongst that talented list. Honestly, with the Brisbane Lions... They would be, alongside the Cats, probably the most tipped to make the grand final slash win the comp. Any risk that they might have drunk a bit of their own bathwater leading into the season? Oh, maybe. I, 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 and I'm not saying they have. Just because when you come out like that and you are a highly touted side, that's a that's a significant loss. That's right. And you've got to, you've got to earn the right to win, don't you? You've got to earn the right. And and today, they they didn't look like... they looked, They looked like the hungrier side to mine. They looked like the more determined side, mm. more team with a better cohesion... Um, and Brisbane really, they, you know, they they got to find a way. That, like to the defensive part of their game, things aren't working for them on the scoreboard. They're not ticking the scoreboard over. How can they nullify the opposition from scoring? That's an area of their game they need to find improvement for them to be a, a, a grand final team this year. That's at the drawing board for Mr. Fagan. Yeah, no doubt, no, no oh. doubt. All right, time for us to get out of here, Blackie. Uh, footy talk. It is your uh, your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews, analysis from the world of AFL. If you've got a question for footy talk that you want to get in and amongst it, you want to feel a part of it, you can participate. On Instagram at footy talk underscore pod or on TikTok, Blackie, which is where you and I dominate at footy talk pod on TikTok. Uh, tomorrow, you and I are going to have a bit of a break. We're not coming back tomorrow, so we're going to hand it over to how's this for a lineup tomorrow? Daisy Thomas, Daisy, two club for 100 games at both Collingwood and Carlton. Yep, yeah, goes all right. Abby Holmes, one of the stars of the media space and a good AFLW player in her own right, and one of the best newsbreakers in the world of AFL, Jay ZJ Clark. Yeah, what a lineup! Good lineup. It's a good lineup. We don't need three. We just got you, mate. <laughs> All right, well, let's enjoy footy talk. We'll see you tomorrow. Listener.